Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. During this edition, the Reverend Cesar LaFleur makes a strong case for Christian parents to rescue their children from government schools. Pastor LaFleur is the field director for Illinois Family Institute. He made his remarks at the Pro-Life, Pro-Family Coalition Conference in Orland Park. For this segment, Pastor LaFleur outlines why it's so important to make our children disciples of Jesus Christ. We have a message that we're taking to the community to inform them what's going on in our government schools and to encourage them to get our children out from underneath indoctrination and get them into discipleship. But one of the things that we do with this presentation is to make a biblical and practical case for getting our children out of government school indoctrination and into discipleship of Christian education through home schools and church schools. We recommend, in fact, we encourage people to either if you homeschool your child, that's going to be the best. But if you can't homeschool your child, maybe develop a homeschool co-op or a Christian school. One of the things that we're challenging pastors and we're praying, Lord, touch their hearts and let them see this opportunity to expand our ability to be able to make disciples of Jesus Christ by making disciples of our children. And I'm going to tell you why that's so important. Well, God bless the school teachers, and I want you to understand, I'm going to be saying some things, but understand I'm not saying anything personal against you. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, so my battle is not with people, but spiritual wickedness. One of the things that we have to understand that in our government schools, there are individuals who have significant amount of influence about what goes on to those schools. We have globalists, utopians, socialists, totalitarians, and even the UN are using public schools, listen to this, to undermine freedom and Christianity. They're using the public schools to undermine the the principles of freedom that's outlined like even in our Constitution and our faith. We have to understand this and get this clear. The purpose of people, I mean the, the administrators of the government school is not to educate your children. It's not to educate your children, it's to indoctrinate your children. They want to get your children to think a certain way, to behave a certain way, so that they would grow up and develop a certain way. And there's a reason for that. Individuals who had this new world agenda, or this vision of a one world government, or even those who had you know, visions of expanding communism and socialism, like John Dewey, decades ago, went to where these, Soviet, uh, these communist countries were. And they asked them, how is it that you can produce citizens that would be so committed to this ideology and this way of life. And they saw that they were using the school system in order to be able to do that. It's the school, is that you raise up the citizens that you want to see in the future. You know, actually what they take is a biblical principle and it applies it for a worldly goal. So this is what's going on in our schools. And this is how it has come to pass. This is one of the ways it's come to pass. Now, I talked about those individuals, those globalists, those utopians, you know, the UN, this world organization who has this new world agenda. So back in 1992, 
There was the Earth Summit to Save the Planet that was held down in Rio de Janeiro. This was produced by the United Nations. These individuals are coming together because they have a vision of how they see the world wants to be, and so they have a very strategic plan how to make that happen. Document that was produced called Agenda 21, and it says it proposes an array of actions which are intended to be implemented by every person on Earth. I want to punch some things so you can pay attention. Every person on Earth. They have a view of making their ideology relevant and accepted by every person on the Earth. Effective execution of Agenda 21 will require profound reorientation of all human society unlike anything the world has ever experienced. So these individuals saying that they want to take the world and they want to reorientate your thinking, reorientate your mindset, reorientate your, your, your base, your mores, your principles, away from that which you already have to that which they deem is appropriate. And they want to do this to every person on the world. They want to change everybody in society. Now, as Christians, we're familiar with that because that's, that's what our commission, go into all the world and make disciples. Isn't that what Jesus told us to do? So we're familiar with that, how important that is. And if we could have our prayers answered, every person on the world would accept Jesus Christ because we know that there's no way into God except through Jesus Christ. So that's important for us. But these individuals have an agenda. And so in chapter 36 of their agenda, and I'm showing you how they're using the school system to be able to accomplish their agenda. On chapter uh, 36 of Agenda 21, it says education is critical for promoting sustainable development. Now understand this, sustainable development is simply a bunch of promises that they're making that if you bow down and worship me, if you accept what I'm saying as your ideology, as your doctrine, if you live according to these principles, these are the things that we'll give you. We'll get rid of poverty, we'll get rid of hunger, all these other things. So that's what those sustainable development goals are. But listen what it says, how it uses our school. Both formal and non-formal education are indispensable to changing people's attitudes. It is also critical for achieving environmental and ethical awareness, value, skills, and behavior consistent with sustainable goals. Now, it's not said anything in there about biblical values. It's not saying anything about uh, biblical behavior, godly behavior. It's talking about getting every person to behave in a certain way, and it's critical to use our schools to do that. So now, what has been the result of that? The result of that, simply some of the things that we can see right now, is that in the world we live today, 70% of millennials say that they are likely to vote socialist. Does anybody in here think socialism is a good idea? Anybody in here think communism is a good idea? Anybody in here think socialism and communism are biblical? Because if you did, I'd really like to sit down with you for a little bit and just talk about it. But 70% say they were likely to vote for a socialist. Didn't we almost elect Bernie Sanders? If he wasn't cheated by the Clinton campaign, he would have been the president. We would have elected a socialist who put socialism behind his title. There used to be a time in America that if you said a democratic socialist, they would have tarred and feathered you and run you out on a rail. But now he was almost the president of the United States. 36% of millennials view communism as favorable. I'm gonna ask you all a favor. Anybody in here can give me an example of where communism has worked for a nation that has made a nation pop, pop, uh, prosperous, that has made a nation free. Anybody seen that? Okay, so that why did one third of millennials believe that that's a good idea? 
And now why are millennials the first non-Christian majority in the United States history? The first non-Christian, how did that come about? It came about because what they have been taught in the school system, it become, what they have been taught in the government schools, and this is the result of that. Hear that, millennials are the first non-Christian majority in the US. First Timothy 4.1 says, the spirit clearly says that in latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Now, I didn't put that word demon in the scripture. You know, the Bible has that, so that's not my edit. But it would have been my edit if I had the opportunity to write it because some of the things that some of these people are teaching, what well, I'm going to show you in a moment, and doing to our children is demonic. You have to be demon-led in order to be able to believe this is appropriate to be able to teach to my children. You have to be demon-led in order to believe that this is you know, the way that we should go and that church is not for us. The church membership falls below majority for the first time in its history. Folks not going to church. You know, I'm 65 years old. I remember we used to go to church by accident sometimes. <laughs> really, Sunday morning, you're walking down the street, you know, and you wind up in the church. But mom always made us go to Sunday school. You know, it was always something in your family. Somebody in your family was committed to going to church. But only 47% of Americans say that they belong to a church, synagogue, or mosque. It was 50% in 2018. Now, that's way down, but it was 70% in 1999. Now, that's way down, but it was 80% in 1937. 80% of people in America belonged to a church in 1937. But see how significantly that has changed. And why is this important when it comes down to our children? Because we cannot allow our children to continue to be exposed to this indoctrination and expect for them to behave any other way except what those who are indoctrinating them want to do. If we allow our children to sit under 15,000 hours, think about how much time the teachers have access to our children. Think about how much time those children are sitting under those influences of secular indoctrination and never doubt. Now, I'm going to talk about some things, but that's exactly what it is. It's secular indoctrination. In fact, it's intentionally anti-biblical in its approach. As opposed to only a few visits to Sunday school, is it any wonder why our children are walking away from the pathway of faith and are choosing to embrace a tonally carnal, decadent way of living popularized in hip-hop videos and rap songs. I don't know about you, but you know, sometimes I look at it, I'm saying, how are they getting this behavior? Where does this come from? You know, I don't understand. How do they behave this way? Why are they acting like that? It's so foreign to me. You know, someone said that we, the parents nowadays can't raise their children like our parents raised us because our parents were preparing us for a world that no longer exists. The world that we grew up no longer exists, and that's because of what has been going on in our education systems that's changing the direction of our children. Vody Bakum says we cannot continue to send our children to Caesar for their education and be surprised when they come home as Romans. What, what, what do you expect out of them when, when you allow what's going on in them? Here's one thing to know. It was important for the Lord to get the children of Israel out of Egypt. That was important for him to do that. But soon he realized it's even more important that he would have to get Egypt out of the children of Israel because they had started worshiping the Lord with an Egyptian mindset. Do we wonder why we have so many people coming even into the house of the Lord if they manage to make their way there? They come in not with the mindset of Christ, but with the mindset of the world. And, and many churches are turning into the world because of the mindset. We cannot continue to expose our children to that. And you know what? It's even more important than just getting your children in the church. 
The important thing is to make sure you get the church into your children. And that's what's vitally needed. But an education system is designed to unplug all of that. The Reverend Cesar LaFleur, field director for the Illinois Family Institute during the Pro-Life, Pro-Family Coalition Conference in Orland Park. After time out, Pastor LaFleur discusses government school sex ed. Hail and well met. I'm Alyssa. I'm Eliana. I'm Kenna. And I'm Jenna. We are four females who, by discussing and dismantling subjects prevalent in the Western culture, want to make truth self-evident once again. We want to make current cultural events and worldview issues relatable to our peers and point all those listening to the gospel and what the Bible says. We are available on any platform you find a podcast. So please leave us a review, follow us on all the social medias, and please give us a listen. Self-evident, dedicated to speaking truths that were once self-evident and doing so in love. Abortion's not just a woman's issue. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Religion, not gender, The Economist reports, is the best predictor of views on abortion. The editors write, quote, shocked by a draft Supreme Court opinion that would allow states to ban abortion, activists hope women enraged by the loss of Roe v. Wade will vote en masse for Democrats in November. But, they go on to argue, that hope's misplaced. The gap between men and women on abortion restrictions is just 6%. Religion, combined with race, account for a 65% difference. Among both men and women, for example, 92% of atheists favor pro-abortion policies. But, according to Gallup, 75% of those who attend religious services weekly identify as pro-life. In other words, abortion's not an issue of women against men, it's an issue of worldview. Women are, of course, most affected by the issues surrounding pregnancies, but not always in the way that we're led to believe. The real question is, what is the pre-born? Are they, as abortion advocates suggest, just disposable tissue or lives worth sacrificing? Or are they, in the words of scripture, fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God? I'm John Stone Street. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. During this segment, the Reverend Caesar LaFleur provide some insights on how today's sex ed is turning children away from God. And he reminds parents that they are responsible for raising their children, not the state. But one of the things that's most egregious to me is the detestable sexualization of our children through comprehensive sex education. And the Bible says this. Now, I chose the Bible's way because I believe God's way is the most healthy way. God's way is the safest way. I think if we practice God's, what God has instructed us to do, we don't have to worry about sexually transmitted diseases. We don't have to worry about the need for abortion. We don't have to worry about all of these different heartaches and stuff like that that come from sexual immorality. But by, the God said it is God's will that you should be sanctified and that you should avoid sexual immorality. Notice that avoid sexual immorality. What are they doing in the schools now? What's going on down in Florida? And they're arguing about this legislation. What are they trying to do? They're not trying to help our children avoid it. They're encouraging it. That each of you should learn, learn to control his own body, holy and honorable. A concept that seems to be going away, the whole commitment to being holy and to being honorable. And it says, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God, for God did not call us to be impure, but to live holy life. So listen, he's saying, look, there's some heathens and they act a certain way. But he's saying, my children shouldn't act that way. My children shouldn't be brought up that way. Our children shouldn't be indoctrinated in that. They should learn something totally different. 
But the world is investing a whole lot of resources into doing the exact opposite for your children. In 2013, Illinois passed a law to require any school that offers sex education to only use, to only use the comprehensive sex curriculum that contains pornographic images too graphic to show on the floor of the United States Congress. When they were talking about this, and they were talking about this in the Congress, the aide said, we can't take this to the floor. We can't let the congressman see this. This is too dirty. It's pornographic. Oh, these big, grown, rusty congressmen can't look at it, but we can show it to our children? If I was to pass these images out on the street, if I just printed them off and I was passing them out to people, I would get arrested. I would get arrested, rightfully so. If I'm giving these to kids, if I stand by the school, say, here, kid, look at that. You know, here, here's a comic book for you. They would arrest me if I stood outside the school to do it. But if I go on the inside of it and give it to them as a curriculum, that's okay? That's okay? So you see some of the things that they're teaching our children, and what they're doing is that they're creating a new environmental norm. They are normalizing this stuff. In fact, they are encouraging this behavior. They want to teach you things, and now they're going as far back as kindergarten. You know, I don't care what type of sex you're talking about teaching, but why are you teaching sexual behavior to my children in first grade, kindergarten, second grade? Why are you teaching that at all? Shouldn't they be saying run, spot run, or? <laughs> Seems like you would, you would have, if you're trying to educate my children and prepare them for the world, you've got more important things to do. And if I want them to know about that, children belong to me. Let me do that. But here's the key. They don't think that your children belong to you. And they have come out and said the children don't belong to the parent. Melissa Harris Perry stood up on MSNBC and said one of the things we got to get past is this misguided notion that children belong to the parents. Children belong to society. So they think that they have a right to usurp what your values are and what your principles are as parents and instill their own because after all, they don't belong to you. I didn't fall for the trap when Hillary released that book, It Takes a Village because I've seen what's in the village and I don't want my child in that. I've seen the village and it's not a place that I want my children to be. And because we're allowing children to just yield in to whatever urge they get, that's why we're seeing more and more children with no boundaries. The boundaries that we used to have, boundaries that we used to have are being cast off. You know that scripture where there's no vision, people perish? Well, the literal translation of that is that where is, there is no revelation from heaven, no revelation from God, people cast off restraint. They cast off restraint. And when there's no restraint, then we wander around aimlessly until we die, until we perish. And so they're casting off restraint by uh, exposing our children to this even at a younger age. And so some of the things that they're doing in our school, indoctrination, and also this whole thing about grooming. Who's heard this term grooming recently? But they're teaching them to, to, to meditate, to chant, uh, you got some uh, school districts that are bringing out prayer rugs. They're rolling them out and they're praying to Allah. They're trying to make all this universal acceptance of religion because basically they don't really care about religion. They just want to get one group of people who go, I'm open to anything. And the Bible teaches us we have to be very discerning about what it is that we're following. But eh, just follow whatever. So they're teaching children to, to chant. One of the things that we know is that our children learn this way you know, storybooks and things like that. In fact, many people use that to teach morals and values and history, but they're teaching this to get our children ready to accept a certain type of lifestyle that's ungodly and anti-biblical. 
Have you guys heard of Drag Queen Story Hour? Yes. Well, all you have to do is go on YouTube and just Google Drag Queen Story Hour. And what they're going to show you is some drag queens. And, I'm, and these are not the feminine ones. It's not like Caitlyn Jenner, although he still looks like a big dude. But, right. but, but, but it's not that. It's these, they look like demons. You know, they're over-exaggerating. They got horns. You know, and they're big, ugly men. You know, still got a beard but lipstick on. And it's gross. I mean, if you saw that on the streets, you go, ah, it's gross. But what they do is they bring those drag queens into the library, the public library, and parents bring their five-year-olds to sit in front of this drag queen and have a story read to them. Now, why is that important to them? Because they are indoctrinating your children. They are making this normal so when your children grow up and see it, it becomes a viable option for them. Let me just anger you with one other thing. In San Francisco, there is a school district that is teaching pedophilia as an accepted alternative lifestyle. And they're hiding that by saying they're studying Greek history. But they have an organization called NAMLA that I became aware of back in the 80s. I thought I said, this is never going anywhere. It's the National Association of Man, Boy, Love. And so their whole thing is saying it's perfectly OK for a grown man to have sex with a little boy as long as there's love involved, as long as the little boy is willing. Let me tell you, I ask, why is it that we say you have to reach a certain age of maturity before we allow you to do things? Because at eight or nine years old, your brain hasn't developed enough to know a lot of these things. That is child abuse. That is, that is child abuse to be able to say that you're going to make this as an alternative lifestyle. But these are the things that's going on in the school. And then there's also the abysmal failure rate. So now, if that wasn't bad enough, the schools are failing our children at a horrific rate. IllinoisReportCard.com reports that only 32% of students meet or exceed grade level proficiency in math and only 38% in English language. Arts in the 2019 uh, SAT, the Illinois uh, Science Assessment shows that only 49%, that's less than half, are at grade level in science. Talk about the government schools. Not only are they sexualizing our children, and also they're teaching them ungodly ideas about race. You know, in fact, they're, they're teaching racism. Instead of trying to alleviate it, they're teaching racism by targeting different groups. So they're sexualizing our children, and they're teaching them ungodly things about race. But at the same time, you're failing at the thing that you're supposed to be doing. They're failing. They're sending our children out unprepared to live or to be productive in the world. And not only are they crippling them through the education failures, but also in the mental mindset, in the emotional failure, in the damage that they're doing there. And most importantly, enticing our children to walk away and turn their backs on the faith. So those are the things that are going on there. But let me give you a biblical reason. I'm going to close on this, a biblical reason why we need to do this. This is found in the book of Deuteronomy 6.4. The Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord with your, all your heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. He said, These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. The Bible says it's your responsibility as parents to make sure, and I don't use the word education, but to make sure your children get wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. To help them understand the righteousness principles of God and teach them how to walk in them. That's your biblical responsibility and God gave nobody authority to delegate that out to anybody else. That's your responsibility to do that because they're your children. They're your trust. 
God gave them to you. And it's your responsibility to protect them from what's going on in there. Protect them from that indoctrination. Protect them from that anti-biblical ideology that's being placed into them. It's your responsibility to do it. Parents, it's your responsibility to do it. And I'm going to tell you this. God would not call you to do something that he hasn't already made you capable of doing. You have the ability right now to make sure your children understand the righteousness principles of God and to teach them how to walk in it. The Bible says, God says, I have no greater joy than to see that my children are walking in truth. Do you believe what they're being taught and how to walk from the government schools is teaching them to walk in truth? Whose truth? You know, truth is very important to God. Jesus said, for this reason I came, for this reason I was sent to testify to the truth. The truth shall make you free. But how are we taken captive? We're taken captive by the lies, taken captive by the deception. That's why our children are captives. It's almost like they're prisoners of war because they're being deceived constantly and constantly and constantly until they accept certain things as being true when they're totally false. They'll make certain promises that if you do this, it's going to be the result. How many young women have found themselves in crisis pregnancy centers because they believed a lie? How many more have been hurt? in Planned Parenthood, you know, and, and, and one of the things that these people, these proponents of these kind of ideologies, one of the things they do is they hide what their true intentions are by giving themselves a very benign name, like comprehensive sex education. That's just to have you go to sleep if you're not going to dig deep enough and you allow them to go into that. But the Bible says that's our responsibility. I'm asking people to be a modern-day Moses. Now, this presentation, when I take it across the state, is called New World Exodus. New World Exodus, because I believe that there is a new world order that's, being coming, in, that's coming in, but I need to leave, there needs to be a mass exodus away from that, and God's people have to be the one to leave that. And it's today to challenge you to be like Moses and leave God's children out of captivity of secular indoctrination administered by the government schools and in the discipleship of Christ in obedience to God's command to us. And why is that so important? Because we believe we need to teach our children to have a biblical worldview. Absolutely. And, and that we believe that the way that we order our lives is based on the Bible. The Bible speaks to everything. It speaks to politics, ethics, science, laws, education, sociology, and sexuality. And we believe all of those things, there's no place that we should leave God out of it. And there's nothing we're going to encounter that the word of God doesn't already have something to say about that. So we need to be, teach our children to have a biblical worldview so that he can open their eyes so that they may can contemplate the wonderful things from the instruction of God. They're not getting wonderful things from the instruction of the government schools. And so we recommend homeschools and church schools and homeschool co-ops. Very quickly, I'm just going to close with the type of homeschools. So this is something that we really are promoting the whole option of homeschools. Uh, we help people understand the different types of homeschools, independent learning, you, just you and your kids. You buy the curriculum, you get the answer books, start anytime, anywhere, have fun, and kids grow fast and become smart. Hey, listen, here's one thing that we found. Kids who are out of homeschool do so much better on all of the proficiency levels than kids in the government school. Significantly better, I forgot the number, but significantly better, they do better in that environment. Plus, you have an opportunity to not only protect them from what you know is going on in the schools, but also you have an opportunity to disciple them, to shape them, to nourish, nurture them. And that's so vitally important. You know, we live in a society now that we just give up. When our kids get five years old, we just give them away. We just give them away. Hey, go let somebody else raise you. They're not, are they going to be like you or are they going to be like them? So this is a wonderful way in order to be able to do that if you have the ability to do it. The other one is a co-op. Hybrid, you know, it's a half private school and homeschool, online education, pick a provider and they guide you. And uh, then, you know, the enrichment programs to take specialized trips. 
As I close, I'm going to encourage you guys to contact Illinois Family. That's IllinoisFamily.org. And we'll be happy to be able to share our resources and information with you. We just partnered with a Foundation for American Christian Education, and we're going to be rolling out the Leading Schools Project here in Illinois, where we're going to be giving churches and pastors and organizations step-by-step -step guides on how to open up, operate, and maintain a Christian school. And we're also recommending the principal approach. And the principal approach is this, is that everything that you teach, math, science, reading, arithmetic, is all centered around the Word of God. You don't take the word of God out of any of it. The word of God becomes the heart of it. Because not enough just to say this is a Christian school. It has to be a Christian school that's committed to teaching our children the inerrant truth of the word of God. Amen. I, I'll close with this. Once you become aware of, you become responsible for it. I usually give that at the beginning of my talks when I do this. Because I said, if you don't want to be responsible, you need to step on out the room. <laughs> you need to step on out the room. Because once you're, you're aware of it, you have a responsibility. Be not only hearers of the word, but doers as well. So we need to do those things. The school system is on fire. The building is on fire. What would you do if you walked by a school building and you saw it burning and the children were still inside? You're going to say, let me go call somebody? Or you're going to say, let me get the children out. Get the children out of these government schools right now because it's only going to get worse. In Illinois right now, we enjoy a brief period whereby we have less restrictions on us in any other state. Would you think they're going to leave it that way? Absolutely not. You need to move while you have an opportunity. The Reverend Cesar LaFleur during the Pro-Life, Pro-Family Coalition Conference in Orland Park. Pastor LaFleur is the field director for the Illinois Family Institute, and he's leading IFI's Rescuing Our Children from Government Schools initiative. Click Rescuing Our Children on the IllinoisFamily.org homepage for more information. Please support the work of the Illinois Family Institute. All donations are tax deductible. And tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.